This is Adventist World Radio Ghana, Voice of Hope. It's time for the segment, The Heart of the Church. Hello, once again, our friends. Welcome so much to our program, The Heart of the Church, where we learn scripture in depth to apply to our lives. And we have in the studio with us to do this. Gloria Osebafo. Frank Okubuahin. Gloria and Frank, you are so welcome. My name is Emmanuel I, your host, and we thank God for this opportunity. So probably we'll just take a short reading from Isaiah chapter 36, verse 1 to 3. If you have it, you can read for us Isaiah chapter 36, verse 1 to 3. And then we try to look at the question of how God delivers his people as seen in this scripture. Isaiah 36, 1 to 3. And it came to pass in the fourteenth year of King Hezekiah that Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the defense cities of Judah and took them. And the king of Assyria sent Rabshakeh from Lachish to Jerusalem unto King Hezekiah with a great army. And he stood by the conduit of the upper pool in the highway of the fullest field. Then came forth unto him Eliakim, Hilkiah's son, which was over the house, and Shebna the scribe, and Joah. Asaf's son, the recorder. Amen. Amen. So this is a fact we are getting from the Bible. Let's look at what actually also is going on in our world today. Please link it for us a bit. Looking at the 701 BC and the story we have in our study. This portion records the victory of King Sennacherib. Yeah, it records that the victory of King Sennacherib. Now you see that all these aspects as we are looking at being history, they have relied on God and God has given them the victory. Now after the victory, they make it known to people that it is God who has granted them the victory. That aside, we also have evidence like archaeological findings about this places that have been mentioned. For instance, Lachish. Some items have been discovered about that place and they all point to the debris after the war which King Sennacherib was a victor over. So we all we have all this and the most important thing is that their victory stems from their reliance upon God. Their reliance on God. And that's an interesting point because we go down to the study and towards the end, we are also asked how, uh, how how it is like to understand the God we are praying to today is the same God of those days who they also relied on. I mean, how would you answer that, uh, Gloria? Yes, as we've already said, um, that same God that delivered the children of Israel under King Hezekiah from the army of Sennacherib, you see, he, we are told that there are records in, in the Assyrian kingdom about his victory uh-huh. of Lachish and those other places. But as predicted by Prophet Isaiah from Isaiah 37, 33 to 35, that they cannot overcome the city of Jerusalem and that God would prevail against them. We see, we see that 
the archaeological excavations and what has been found so far, there's no indication of uh, um, Sennacherib's claims to have overcome the city of Jerusalem. Though he could put the city under siege, but they were overcome. Let's read the word of God to buttress that. Uh, Isaiah 37, 33 to 35. Therefore, that says the Lord concerning king of Assyria. The name was mentioned exactly. He came not, he shall not come into the city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, nor build a siege mound against it. By the way that he came, by the same shall he return. And he shall not come into the city, says the Lord, for I will defend the city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. And we are told that it so happened that the angel of the Lord fought their army such that by the day by daybreak bodies were dead found there. Similarly, if God prophesied to his prophet Isaiah that he would fight for the children of Israel. And though they had been able to conquer other cities, yet because Hezekiah prayed, because he prayed from the account, he prayed and trusted in God. And that was how come that deliverance was routed for them. If that we have such an example, no matter what we are facing, we should trust in his words, just as he predicted through the prophet Isaiah. We have a lot of such assurances in the word of God that in times of our trouble, he will come to our aid. That's quite refreshing to note. We have a lot of assurances that God will deliver us. All too soon, our time again is up. And we have to draw the curtain here. Um, see you tomorrow when we come your way. And until then, my cherished friend, it's been me, Emmanuelai, your host. Have a very good time and all the best to you. Hello, my dear friend. Welcome to Adventist World Radio Ghana. And this is the segment, The Youth Corner. And this is a program we discuss a lot of interesting topics and subjects that affect different facets of our life. And today's program is one I believe you are going to really be interested in. And the topic for today is choosing a profession as a youth. And I have with me a lot of resource persons who have a lot of in-depth knowledge in the subject matter. I am Eugene Kwamnatakra, and I'm your moderator for today. Here with me are... Jumaima Opon Efriye. Asarizra. Papa is Kuma. All right. So, um, you are welcome my panelists to our uh, interesting um, topic that choosing a profession as a youth. Thank so you. thank you. All right. So before um, shooting, you'd like to have a general overview of what a profession is because a lot of people have different perceptions about professions. Okay. So I want to ask what's profession in general? When you say profession, what does it mean? Okay. So um, a profession, as we all know it, or generally is a prolonged um, activity which involves formal education, which in the end will require a certification or an endorsement from a, a recognized body about a vocation or a, a career someone is trying to pursue. Yeah, so that is my idea. And Israel, are you going to s- tell us something? All right, so in, uh, when we talk about profession in general, my view of it, uh, we have four main content of it. Uh, profession, we have a uh, knowledge, but knowledge 
the particle and also it must have an antibody which have to get a authoritative classification for the person who is assessing that profession. So in general, when you talk about profession, it can be explained that they require specialized training and um, knowledge and qualification of those skills. Okay. Jimmy, it's my own. No, I think they've all mentioned uh, everything. So to be identified as a professional, you definitely have to have a sort of knowledge in that field. You should have the skills and then you should also uh, be assessed by a regulatory body. So depending on the form of assessment, usually now in our setup, usually it's exams. So depending on the regulatory body, uh, form of assessment, you go through it, and when you pass, then you become a professional in that field. Okay, okay so that is good. Um, I want to also ask, okay, when you talk about a profession, how different is profession from an occupation? Is a profession an occupation? That is also interesting. We normally mix them up, whether profession being an occupation, I say profession is not even an occupation. So what is it? It's, an, it's a profession and occupation. I'll start with um, Jemima. Um, I think someone can be professional in an occupation. With occupation, you are not, you don't have a license from a regulatory body. So you are practicing, probably you've been trained in that area, but then you haven't had a license or been assessed by a regulatory body. Therefore, you are a vocational in whatever that is, or you could be practicing something. But until when a vocational personnel or individual decides to maybe move up his or her game and then wants to be a professional, then you apply to whatever body that will uh, give you the recognition as a professional. And then based on their qualifications, if you pass and then you go through the assessment and you pass, then you become a professional in that area that you are in. Israel, yeah, if Israel, Israel, do you want to say something? All right, so to add to what my sister just said, you know, when you have to talk about a profession and occupation, a profession, we have a structured educational policies under the profession, and also the occupation, for instance, we can have a, a painter who is not a professional painter, but we have a professional painter also. That person, it means that that person has passed through um, a, a structured educational policies. Okay. All right. Okay. I, I think um, um, Kofi wants to say something. We want to add up to yeah, something what, small, what was it? Yeah, something more to yeah. add up to. That. We can have, um, to, to, to clarify what we just said, to cite an example, we can have an accountant and a chartered accountant, right? With a chartered accountant, the person has written their certified examination and has qualified. That is why the person is a chartered accountant. Completing a BSc or maybe an MSc or whatever, doesn't make you a chartered accountant. You have to take that exam certified by that regulatory body to be called a chartered accountant, to be a professional accountant. So with what you, you, you've you said so far, it means that if somebody is a professional, it doesn't necessarily mean that the person is trained. You understand? Mm-hmm. So it's a holistic thing. It's a full package. Mm-hmm. The person is supposed to be trained. The person is supposed to have the skill. Apart from that, you also have to write an exam by a regulatory body. And that is very, very clear. But one thing I want to also ask is that when you, you're talking about professional, okay, assuming a professional is not discharging his or her duty very well, can the professional be penalized? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The same body, because the body issued you a license to be identified as professional. They have their rules and regulations. It's spelled out. And usually when you are, you are issuing this license, somebody's, it's very, uh, 
how do I say it's very grand and then they really prepare it and plan it so they also have their own rules that they expect you the professional to follow you cannot just go about and do anything you wish you want to do because you're identified as a professional no so when you go contrary to these rules and regulations they can withdraw the alliances that they've given you as a professional so it means a professional comes with a responsibility yes yeah, so Israel do you want to ask to Jemima's right, I also ask, for instance if you're a teacher and uh, you have sex with the children, your people, mm. and the education or the GSC see that this is what you are doing with the people. They can take out your certificate or your licenses from you okay. for you to be penalized, for you to not be a professional teacher again. Okay, uh, Kofi, do do you want to? Well, I think they said all. They have the the rules governing the body. Usually, if you step across or you go against this boundary, your license is revoked. And you are penalized sometimes with a time frame and sometimes indefinitely. As Israel just said, a teacher's as for that, I mean, I, in my opinion, I think the, the person shouldn't be allowed in contact with children anymore. Yeah. So that's what I have to of course, add. Of course. So uh, what, what, is in, what is important to notice is that when you choose any profession, you should also be um, willing or you should be ready to face the you should actually follow some guided rules and principles you cannot do whatever you want when you choose any profession and that is very clear i think that's what actually brings the beauty of being a professional because you are not just so independent it comes with several benefits but then there's a body that's also regulating the things that you do and it brings sanity and structure in our system if we have more professionals in the system so for example if every program even if it's food we have a regulatory body that's governing it because the regulatory body is checking the food that you bring outside and most sellers are professionals so make sure they keep in con- in line with it so that the alliances is not revoked. Therefore, the citizens or people will not be at risk of eating food and having uh, food poisoning and other things. So it really brings sanity into the system or the structure. And I hope and believe that, like for our country, we'll have more professional bodies to regulate these things so that people just wouldn't be independent and doing anything. And that is a very great point. Um, that is a very great point. So um, with what you said, it means that you you it actually protects the clients if yes. i may say that because when you talk about sanity in the system it means that people get protected mm. so if you are talking about the food people are very sure that okay i'm going to buy food here and i'm not going to get food poison but most of uh they are uh, in ghana typically there's a there, there are a lot of non-professional or unprofessional people okay so we, we have to encourage the government to actually bring more uh, things on board to bring about professionals okay is there any difference between academic and non-academic academic professional we're looking at that when you talk about academic professional non-academic professional is there anything like that if there is any what's the difference well i think the major difference will be in the structuring of the procedure to follow maybe with academic i can say it, it has a well-structured um let's say syllabi to follow yeah yeah it has policies that has to be followed and everything and in the end it will be certified by what we've been talking about, the governing body or the professional body, right? But with the non-academic, citing an example, someone can have a vocation and then have a training in a, in a particular skill set. And then in the end, go and take the professional exam and then pass. The person is not restricted because the person didn't pass through the structured format. Yeah. So that is what I think the difference, the main difference lies, the, the structurization of the whole procedure and the format to reach 
professionalism. Okay. All right. I think I think he has said it all. Is there anything you think you can add to it? Uh, I'd love to move to the next thing. You see, we have different professions. I want to ask, uh, there are different years by which, it, are there years to ascribe to each profession? Uh, what I mean is that for you to be able to attain a certain profession, is there, do you have to, do you, do you, should you have undergone any training within some number of years? If I, uh, you are getting me clearly, yeah. yes. So, can you mention some of them? Any profession and the number of years required of the person to um, undergo? Um, I would say it depends on the field of specialization. So, for example, in the field of health, uh, if when you enroll as a student and you are done, immediately you can apply to the regulatory body you write the exam if you pass then maybe you come out as a nurse you come out as a doctor you come out as whatever that you want but i believe the other fields that they would require you to do certain things before you become a professional so it really depends on the field of specialization okay. and are there, process. are there some years required of you like uh, do you have coffee cool. i think you want to also that yes. thank you for that yes coffee, um, there are some to. specific courses such as um, architecture Right, you have to take the six year course, mm-hmm. and in the end, probably there's a top up. But then, after that six years, you are recognized as a practicing architecture, you know, something, yeah. And then, with some courses like uh, the normal four year courses, probably there are top ups. I can speak for engineering if you are done with engineering, you have um, an exam that you have to write to be a practicing engineer, to be a professional engineer, yeah. All right. Um, Israel, do you have to say okay, something? Okay, so as I also want to give an example, for instance, a lawyer, after going through uh, for the school, you have to also do the professional course licenses exams before you become a full law practitioner. Okay, and that is good. So, my dear friend, if you just joined us, we are actually um, discussing an interesting topic. That is choosing a profession as a youth. And in choosing a profession as a youth, you've actually um, gone... You've dealt so much into it. We've actually asked ourselves what a profession is. You've realized that there are a lot of people that call themselves professionals, but the interesting thing is that they are not really professionals. If you want to be a professional, it doesn't only take specialized training and skills, but you need to have a regulatory body that will actually monitor you, and you have to even undergo an exam. So we are still continuing with our discussion. I want you to stay tuned. Now, my dear panelists, coming back to you, um, I want to ask you this important question. A lot of people want to choose professions. Uh, they, they want to go in an area. But the question is, are there some relevant factors you need to consider before choosing any path of profession or any path? What are some of the relevant? Yeah, I, um, think, I think the first and I think the most important is knowing your personality, knowing what interests you, your strengths and weaknesses. Because stating an instance, if I am into saving lives, helping people, it ranges from from being a doctor, that's having direct contact with the people, or having a course in health, yeah. to forestry, taking care of trees to provide the services that men would need. Do you understand? So it's all a, a wide range. If I have maybe uh, impacting souls, seeing change in the community, you can go into waste management, you can go into music. That is also another form of impacting. So I think knowing your personality, knowing your strengths and weaknesses would help in determining the profession you want to. Yes, and that, is, and that is very good. Um, Israel, do you have something to say? Okay, what I also would like to say that your attitude also can also help you to choose the profession that you want to do. Yes. For instance, we have some people also, uh, like individual differences, they don't like talking. That person, it becomes difficult for him or her to be a teacher. Okay. 
you understand so it depends on your attitude and uh, yeah, your acts or your behaviors can also help you to choose your profession you are a person that you are not like harsh person it's very hard for you sometimes to be a soldier or into the military services yeah. so I think basically what they are saying, we really have to look at ourselves, uh, find your personality, who you are, what you like to do, and what really makes you happy in life. I'm talking about positive things that makes you happy in life. So you look at that and then you explore the fields that are available. I like what Kofi said and he said that you have to look at your personality. Maybe you feel like you're good in helping people. You want to help people. If your focus is really helping people and you know in helping people it also comes with sometimes academic training and in our system you might be limited to certain things. So maybe in helping people you wish to be a doctor but then you were not admitted it doesn't mean doctor is the only thing that you can do to help someone if you really like to help people it boils down to the field of hospitality just as he was saying so if medicine didn't work for you there could be nursing there could even be hospitality industry because there you meet clients you help them and you make them feel comfortable so then you explore the field of helping people hospitality or caring for people and there's so much you pick the one that maybe you'd be uh, admitted into or the one that you think you really like or you prefer to be around meaning wherever you are you can influence like exactly okay, so, so if okay. and also as we are also talking about um as we are youth and we are discussing this topic we also also look at inside the bible when we read a uh, proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 i mm-hmm. say that do not lead on your own understanding mm-hmm. you understand so uh, as a youth in christ everything that we are to do you know we have to do that much it must match with the will of god okay. that's the first priority that i have to check as a christian youth yes that is wonderful. And I wanted to ask this. This, this is interesting. But you, you were all talking about personality. I have to check my personality and see what, what I'm going to do, whether it's going to help me, whether it's going to match with my personality. But the question I want to ask is that, let's assume I'm, I'm, I'm using, okay? I, I, love, I, don't, I don't know how to. Let's assume I don't know how to sing. Okay, assumption. I don't know how to sing. But I want to be a singer. Like if I sing... When I start singing, everybody starts sleeping. Mm-hmm. But I really want to be a singer. You know, if I check my personality, I want to be a professional singer. In when we are not just for singing or music, but we can relate it to all walks of life. Like let's say somebody cannot really talk, he doesn't really know how to talk. He wants to be a teacher, mm-hmm. but the person has passion. The the person has got that passion for it. So how are you going to advise such a person? Do we tell the person to focus on what? his natural abilities match up with it or the person can acquire those um, um, things. I hope you get what I'm trying to say. Okay, so Kofi, I think you have um, to say something. As we've been saying, you can approach it with so many from so many angles, right? If you love to sing, let me go on your music or your singing thing. Um, in Ghana here, it's limited. Probably you sing high life gospel, be a choir star or something else. But then when we explore outward like the western world there are so many people who would sing and in ghana who would think the voice is not good enough for but then you can make the impact there also you can't if you can't make the impact directly by singing you could one join a group to a shadow or to learn how to fit into one part okay. or you can also stay behind the scenes and support that music that you are so much into so it doesn't necessarily have to be you having the direct contact with the person you understand and also 
aside the personality we've been talking about, intention. If you found maybe I, I am a person who likes to talk, I can have good interpersonal relationship and everything, and maybe I think I can be a good journalist. I try come my first second year. I come and intern with one of the journal uh, journalism firms around, and then I see that oh, probably I like talking, but then it's not journalism that I'm into. So you can sit back second year. You try another f- something else that would explore your personality. You see, so it's not just about personality and what naturally is inborn, but then you can also make the choice to the wide area. I feel like okay, that 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 is great. So, um, my my dear listener, um, we it has been an interesting and a very interactive discourse, and you've been talking about profession choosing a profession choosing a profession i've learned so much as i've learned so much today that choosing a profession has to do with you yourself check yourself very well first um first and foremost my one of our brothers made us understand that you need to pray about it and ask god that the profession i'm choosing is it really in line with your will so that is very very important and now we've also gotten to understand through the interaction that it's not everyone that is a professional. A professional, sorry. It's not everyone that is a professional. Interestingly, the mass number of people are not professionals. Okay, and you being a professional does not necessarily mean that you are good at what you do. But you should have written an exam by a regulatory body on that in that field. Thank you very much for listening to you, Connor. We would like to hear from you. So call us on the number. Plus two three three five zero one five six one eight four nine. Plus two three three five zero one five six one eight four nine. You can also email us at the address Adventist World Radio GH at gmail dot com. Adventist World Radio GH at gmail dot com. You can also write a letter to us using the postal address. Adventist World Radio Ghana, Northern Ghana Union Mission of Adventists, P.O. Box KS17564, Edum Kumase, Ghana, West Africa. For AWR Ghana, I am Bell. May God bless you.